0: There is a war there between fantasy, a war. fantasy and nightmare, which unlocks the it unseen door behind consciousness. It takes only it but a gesture to adjust and, and see the realm beyond. This is The Dark, dark, is the dark verse. 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 Hello, I'm Shark Child, and this is The Dark verse. A collection of My Strange works with the sole purpose of sharing with you a unique world of horror and fantasy that will follow you to the The visions of your sleep. The deadline for the dreadful Inspirator contest is approaching fast. It's midnight on October 23rd. The prize is an 8GB iPod Nano, the new ones with the video camera, So you don't want to miss out on this great opportunity. If you want to find out how to submit an entry, just go to thedarkverse.com and scroll down. It'll be on the homepage. You will see the rules. It's very simple. It will probably take you five to ten minutes of your time. So it's definitely worth it for your chance to have an eight gigabyte iPod Nano. Also, make sure you go to sharkchildsremains.com because I'm having a special on my book. You can get it unsigned for $17.99 and you can get a signed copy for only $21.99. Both of these are shipped free and do not have sales tax, so go there. Become my friend on Facebook at facebook.com slash sharkchild. Story time. For this story, I would like to think that I am incorporating a subject that is new to all things fantastical, and that is the division of a soul. Sounds intriguing, I hope, so you'll have to let me know what you think. This is episode 54 of The Dark Verse, and it is entitled, Soul Divided.
1: I stood behind a black baby grand piano. The instrument was unfamiliar to me, and its keys, both black and white, held reflections that heightened their alluring appearance. As I looked upon it, I longed to hear a sweet melody. Surrounding the piano, two rows of seats filled with women arced in crescent form. The women's ages ranged from young to old, and they wore black attire and grave semblances. Quietly they conversed amongst themselves while I stood gazing out upon them. This arena was set within the living room of my great grandfather's plantation house, a home passed down from one generation to the next. The soft light of candles was the only source of illumination, and with it, the shadows danced more confidently. Please, can I have everyone's attention? I addressed the woman. Their conversations ceased. Their eyes probed me. I would like us to begin our session. This piano was delivered yesterday. Beautiful, isn't it? Well... I have never played such a grand instrument before, I have not even tried. I want you to make me play it. Please begin whenever you are ready. I sat on the piano's bench and gave my attention to the number, size, and sequence of the keys before me. I closed my eyes and lifted my hands. I placed them just above the keys, leaving them there to hover until the wisdom of the woman, the great intelligencers, pried into my being and overtook it. Their whispers then began, eerie tones of inconsistent sound that left thick residues of their likeness in the mind to forever remain. There were no syllables or words. Only the static chaos from their connections to distant places. At first I was aware of nothing but my own focus. Then quickly there came the sensation of a snake crawling from the floor into my foot and up through my body, slithering within me as a ghostly tendon. Several more snakes followed the first, inhabiting my body as a new, muscular system, giving new strength, dexterity, and memory. The snakes were now the strings and masters of a capable puppet. My hands delicately and nimbly fell upon the piano. My fingers deftly moved in terrifying harmony, sliding and pounding upon the keys. An array of haunting melodies erupted into the air as if they had long been held captive. In relief and beauty, these melodies embraced life. They each had a distinct signature, but none were mine or the great intelligencers their mysteries were far deeper and more complex than what could have ever been understood. And although my body was not my own to command, I was still free to acknowledge and enjoy the exuberant experience. When the snakes inside me left, ending my prodigious ability, the pain of my normality returned. It hurt to be nothing extraordinary, to be imprisoned within a body of simplicity and limit. A headache immediately unleashed itself within me to remind me perfectly of this flaw. Thank you, ladies, I addressed the great intelligencers. This was a very good session. I look forward to our next gathering. Thank you again, and good night. The plantation house was more than just a house. It was a container, a container full of different compartments to accommodate the many extraordinary contents, like jewelry. The great intelligencers were a vast collection of different appearances, personalities and quality. Each great intelligencer had her own place within the house, just as a necklace or pair of earrings has its place within the protection of a jewelry box. They had been in the house since before I could remember. My grandfather had used them, and so had my father. Earlier in my life, I doubted that they were even human, but they were, they definitely were. Although they never aged, they felt happiness and sadness, love and hate. The only separation between them and me was their souls. They had unsettled souls. Souls living and dead at once, experiencing and existing in two worlds together in unison. With these souls, they could neither fully live nor fully pass on. They were in the middle of both, simultaneously, controlling two different essences. The value of their condition, beyond the curse of it, was their ability to bring forth elements from one world into the other. In this way, the strange power of their uniqueness could be brought forth. The great intelligencers told me they had chosen to stay in the plantation house because my family had harbored their kind since the dawning of life. They were protected within the house, a secret where they could live simple lives and dabble in the art of their attributes. But, like my father and grandfather before me, a lust for their ways continuously grew inside me. I joined the Great Intelligencers' sessions and began to direct them, digging further with each gathering upon their limitations, and they allowed me that authority, respectfully. They never disobeyed or disapproved the request of my developing and sometimes flippant desires. With the Great Intelligencers, I could fly, I could walk on water, and I could have incredible strength. My imagination was their palette. What is the unsettled soul? I would ask them. The unsettled soul, they would answer, is not a trait embraced upon birth. It is acquired. An unsettled soul occurs when the soul enters death while the body is still living. It makes its travel to the beyond, and upon finding it, delves into eternity, but as the soul embraces eternity, it finds that it is not free from the binds of memory and personality left with its living body. Unable to return from the eternal destination, the soul bridges a unity between life and death, becoming once more the soul for the body, but also remaining a soul for the realms beyond. Why Women? I would ask them next, why do men never have the unsettled soul? It has never been known, the great intelligencers would reply, for a man's soul to leave his body before death. The soul of the man is incapable of cross-worldly existence. Why this is so, we do not know. I knew for a long time what I ultimately desired for in a session with the Great Intelligencers, but I continually postponed it. I was frightened to proceed with such an endeavor. What I wanted was this. I wanted the Great Intelligencers to inhabit me with an unsettled soul, if even for a moment I wanted to feel the overlapping existence of life and death. It was the session after I played the piano for the first time that I decided to make the request. The piano had been discarded, and the candles had been lit once more. Only a lone chair now sat in the middle of the Great Intelligencers' crescent-shaped gathering. I rested for a moment on the chair while listening to the Great Intelligencers speak to each other. While their voices churned within the air, I thought about the peculiar way they had always followed my lead, and how again they would do so without opposition. Some of these women had been around for hundreds of years, and yet they satisfied my requests. Requests that most assuredly to them were nothing but childish games. Good evening, ladies. I began the session. The great intelligencers gave me their attention. I have a rather different plan for tonight's activity. Throughout my life, your words have never left me. The soul of the man is incapable of cross-worldly existence. I would like to test this theory, and if not with my own soul, then with the concoction of one for me. I would like you to begin when I close my eyes. I closed my eyes. The whispers then came, and so did the snakes. They climbed into my being and filled it with their system of incorporeal framework. But they delved deeper this time. They curled around my insides like screws, grinding through the thicker boundaries of interdimensional life until they reached the core of my essence, the soul. Once my soul was within their grasp, they took it. They held it in their grips and unwound themselves from me and left. They slithered back across the floor, carrying my soul to the great intelligencers. As my soul left me, I could still feel it. I could feel its distance. Under this duress, my body grew cold and my mind grew weary. The snakes parted ways as they followed different paths back to the great intelligencers that had beckoned them forth. With the parting of snakes, so came the dividing of my soul. Each snake ripped apart a piece of my soul and took it to its director. Then they left the world of the living, scattering my soul wickedly across a realm of vastness unknown. I felt a tear inside me, a fissure of incompleteness, and knew I could never be the same. A flood of supreme sadness consumed me, and in that moment and thereafter, I felt my soul no more. My mind raced and popped without intelligence. Each thought became a burst of panic and fear. My body began pouring sweat and blood out from every surface of my skin, expelling the water and life within me in an attempt to bring me on to death. My body did not want me living without a soul. Then the snakes returned. They came again through the whispers of the great intelligencers and entered again my body, bringing with them the artifacts of my divided soul. It was these remnants that were replaced inside me. Then again, the snakes left. By this time, my body had exhausted itself of all fluid. A pool of water and blood rested at my feet. My skewed reflection danced on its surface. My body was dead. However, The pieces inside me that had once been soul were now living, but as something different. With their life, I awoke. The soul of the man is incapable of cross-worldly existence. You are man no more, the great intelligencers told me. You are now many instead of one. We can now give you a son.
0: That concludes episode 54 of The Dark Verse. Please email me at m at sharkchild.com if you want to let me know what you think of the podcast. Any feedback, good or bad, I would appreciate anything. Also, if you have the time, give The Dark Verse a rating on iTunes. You know, one through five stars. The choice is yours. If you feel up to it this Halloween, you should definitely go to Las Vegas, that is where I will be. I'm going to have a booth at Fangoria's Trinity of Terror's convention at the Palms Resort. It's going to be great. It's that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, which is October 30th, October 31st, and November 1st. I'll definitely show you a good time if you stop by. Have a delightful life. All stories on the Dark Verse are the sole property of Sharkchild and cannot be used for distribution, publication, or monetary gain without my written consent. Sleep deeply and remember to learn.